Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Dicker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, today we have a first ever. I know. We have a first ever two people on the podcast at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Four of us. I, I can't wait. So we have our friends with us today, Marcy and Jolly. Welcome, both of you. Thank Thank you. you. Yeah, we're excited to have you. So we have with us Marcy Wilburn, who is project coordinator, and Jolly Parasol, who is the director of, they both work at the Indiana IEP Resource Center. So we're so excited you're with us. Thanks. Thank we're you. excited to be here. Yay. Thanks for inviting us. Oh, well, so we're here at the conference. And I, first of all, thank you for your service and all the work you've done as both teachers and in making this week happen. So we're going to start with a question. It's the 100th anniversary. Uh, you both have had a lot of impact as not just teacher practitioners, but you really have been teacher practitioner leaders. So what are you most proud of or feel like the greatest impact in the work you've done to this point? Um, one thing I would say in the state of Indiana, um, probably 10 years ago, we were asked to or charged with moving Indiana to, to understand what inclusion is and start moving that direction because we were so far behind most other states. And we started a Focus on Inclusion conference 10 years ago, which I can say we're happy that both of you have presented <laughs> that It was a privilege. And um, this year will be our 10th year. Yay. And we went from where it was a conference for just basically special educators and administrators and now it's very much equal as far as gen ed and special ed. It's really exciting. So we feel like we've, we have worked really hard to make sure they understand we can't be in silos anymore. Uh, we, we have to work together for all kids. Um, I mean, our charge is for students with disabilities, but anything that we want to improve for students with disabilities is going to have to be good for all kids. So, uh, and I think the one thing that we feel like we've made the most difference is just um, basic knowledge and recognition. And now we see, I would say, the majority of the districts uh, at least know what it is and know what they should be doing, even if they aren't doing it. And some of them are attempting to do it, and we we do a lot of technical assistance to support them in that. Um, And... Really, I think um, you'll see, we see at the conference um, teams coming from districts and, and schools and using that time to plan and figure out how are we going to go back and change what we need to change. We realize now we're doing it wrong. You know, we need, we need to fix this. And tell them you're not doing it wrong. It's just you didn't know, anything, <laughs> you know what else to do. So, Marcy. Thanks. Yeah, so when we're talking about just um, professional accomplishments for myself, I think that um, going back to when I was a teacher and just the impact on the students and the families with whom I worked and having the opportunity to um, really get to know those students, form those strong bonds and relationships and those students that maybe were a struggle to work with either academically or behaviorally. When you changed positions, they showed up at your classroom door when you were down the hall and in a different classroom. And that was so meaningful to me. And it just showed that over time, like I did make an impact. Or, you know, a couple years ago, I had a student reach out to me and say, I don't know that I would have graduated high school without you. And so those types of stories and those connections that come back, you know that you impacted a student's life directly. And 
as Adam Sines would say, the power of a teacher is so much. And I think just recognizing that as educators, we have so much power in order to really be the champion for students that we serve. And I think as a practitioner, I was able to do that in the classrooms that I worked in. But now as a technical assistance provider, I have the opportunity to help schools and help districts best serve students that we work with. So now it's on a different level. And sometimes I miss that connection with students, but I have a similar connections with the district leadership teams or the school-based leadership teams with whom I work. So that's really the impact for me is really to the ultimate goal is to improve outcomes for students with disabilities and to improve instruction for those students within the classroom and I've been able to do that not only as a teacher but as a technical assistance provider in the field as well well we know the great work you guys have done and in in bringing our profession along and your colleagues along and we're also aware that a lot of times you know change comes in it feels like silos you know, so even when there's resources available, we don't always get everybody jumping on board to reach out and utilize them. So I'm just curious, uh, Jolly, maybe since um, you've been doing this a minute, um, <laughs> what can we do to get our colleagues to come, to take advantage of those resources that are out there? What do you think that, what, what advice would you give to teachers? How do we get people on board? Well, I think one thing that, in the beginning especially if we have people that we feel are resistant or you know um, they'll say well I don't think I should have these kids in my class or I'm not trained to you know to work with these kids um, I always ask them do you believe all kids can learn and if you believe all kids can learn then you you need to be making the effort for all kids and uh, it's not all kids can learn, but it's right. all kids can learn. Right. And uh, we, lots of times we say all means all. And I think helping them to see, um, as a teacher, that's your responsibility. Those kids deserve to have access to good quality education, good instruction, and access to whatever they need to help them be successful, whatever they need. And that's not just students with disabilities, that's all kids. Right. So that's kind of, um, I don't think you can argue with that. And then if they still do, then we bring in the data to show that students with disabilities, even if they're just sitting in the classroom, they are going to learn more than they're than sitting in your self-contained I think that's a really hard concept sometimes for it special is. educators <laughs> to embrace. And I've, I've taught in both settings, you know, so I, yeah. I get it. Marcy, um, you mentioned that a lot of your, your personal satisfaction has come from the classroom. I think everybody, a lot of us in higher ed feel the same way. When we look back, we're like, wow, I still felt so impactful when I was in front of the kids. When you think about your, your peers and your colleagues, you know, who are, are teaching right now, what do, you, what do you think, that it, those who believe that the inclusive setting is a good one for students, what do you think we can do to help compel them on a really personal level to, to accept students with differences in those, those gen ed seats? I think what I found in the past is when teachers are maybe not accepting of students with disabilities or students who struggle academically or behaviorally, whether they have a disability or not. I think part of the struggle becomes them not having the knowledge base or the skill set in order to feel competent in the position that they have. And so how do we make sure that teachers have the training 
and the follow-up and the support to be successful with students. And I think that's so important. And, and we say often a one-and-done training is not going to do it. Mm-hmm. There needs to be some training, some modeling, some coaching, some follow-up in order for our teachers to be successful. And once they have a glimmer of success with one student, I truly think that can completely change the mindset of the individual with whom you're working. But they have to have the ability to to have that experience and those positive experiences. Because my guess is at this point, they probably haven't had those experience. And so how can we help shape the environment so that they can be successful just as we would for our students? I love it. So. Thinking forward now, you've all seen such a shift and a change in your field. Where do you hope in the next 10, 50, 100, you pick how many years, uh, do you hope, what would you hope to see? Can you just uh, kind of describe what you hope the future is? Well, I, I hope it would be tomorrow, but I know it won't be. But, um, <laughs> We're there with your hope. I would like to see it, you know, in the near future where we don't have inclusion classrooms where we don't walk into a school and see an intervention desk in the hallway. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, where if you have to s- say those things, then you're not really doing them. And I, I'd like to see where all kids, when they get off the bus, they all go through the front door, not the special ed door around behind for the special ed kids. And just where the not just the school, but the community is inclusive, um, which is going to take a lot of work, I know. It's a big ask. <laughs> But that's where we need to be. Love it. Marcy. Um, within our work, we talk a lot about the evolution of inclusion. And I think Shelley Moore paints a wonderful picture when she talks she about inclusion from you know, when we had students who were educated in institutions all the way till now when students are educated within their home school and oftentimes integrated within the gen ed setting. But what does that true inclusion look like? And she makes a statement that I think is so impactful that we aren't truly doing inclusion until we can stop talking about doing inclusion. And so I think that's my dream, that students with and without disabilities who bring all of their strengths and barriers to learning come together and are educated in one place, and we're providing the services and supports that they need in order to improve outcomes and ensure their success over time. That's my dream of education. I love it. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time out of a busy schedule this week and for your leadership in in really rolling up your sleeves and making a difference for teachers and kids on a daily basis. So thank you for joining us, uh, Jolly and Marcy. And uh, if you have questions, please send us a tweet at Access Practical, or you can post a question on our Facebook page at Practical Access. Thank you again to both thank of you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Good to see you. Thank you, and thank you both for your work and your support. Thanks so much.